We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, well, that sucked. (laughs) I don't even know any other way to say it. Thank you very much. If you are uh, tuned in, we're taping this overnight. Sunday, so it is Monday morning, hopefully when you're listening to this. Um, Pretty brave if you are a Buffalo Bills fan and still wanting content. Uh, The Buffalo Bills, the season has come to an abrupt premature end, a 27-10 loss to the Cincinnati Bengals at home in a game that really never felt as close as uh, the score may seem as well. I'm joined today by my buddy Joe from Queens. well, I get, I, let's start here, I guess. I, I, how you doing? <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty standard question to start a podcast. I I, I imagine how you're doing, but uh, what's going on, man? Numb about today's results. And I just, I, I think we're, we're burying a friend today with the Bills 2022 season done. This is, this is like my eulogy to them. And, you know, we, we got our rundown <laughs> ready to rock. I mean, it was, uh, I got no time for small talk, Pat. Let's just yeah, get to we it. Yeah, we got a lot of st- stuff to get into today, and not much of it, quite frankly, is uh, good. I, l- let me say this, too, and I'm pretty sure you'll agree. I mean, if you don't, let me know. But for anything else, I want to give credit to Cincinnati, and I might even talk about the football team and how they played on Sunday. That was magnificent. But I'm talking about going back a couple weeks ago, of course, the Monday night football game with, you know, the, the DeMar Hamlin incident and the way that the, the organization, the coaches, the players and the fans of Cincinnati handled that, that hasn't been lost on me. And this has been a, you know, this is a big game, a rivalry game, a, a playoff game. But at the end of the day, I still remember that finally. So well wishes to Cincinnati. I said it a few weeks ago and, and I meant it then. And I mean it now that if the Buffalo Bills couldn't win it all, I certainly hope that, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals do. So, like I said, before we get into some football stuff, I just hope people out there kind of remember that feeling that they had a couple weeks ago with the city of Cincinnati and their team and organization and their fans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well said. I, I really can't add anything else to that, but uh, I agree with you. You know, if you would have told me 
Uh, if you would have told me that the Buffalo Bills would be manhandled and embarrassed, and let's make no mistake about it, that's exactly what happened today. Um, you know, that fans would be in the at Highmark Stadium, and there'd be eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, and Hootay sounds would be drowning out the you know what's typically the most raucous crowd, one of them certainly in the NFL, and there was still, like I said, a half of quarter left. Uh, you know, the Bills getting blown out. I would have told you that the Buffalo Bills must have turned the ball over three or four times. That wasn't the case. They didn't turn it well, they turned the ball over at the very end of the game with a minute left. That was just Josh down three scores, throwing the ball in the end zone. Nothing to lose at that point. When the game mattered, the Bills didn't turn the ball over. But ultimately, they still got uh they still got blown out. <laughs> I tell you, and by the way, so after the game, we're taping this really, really late on Sunday. Joe, uh, you said something, but you went out for a couple beers with your boys. I'll tell you what I did. I, uh, the game was over. I had dinner with my wife and my son and I took a depression nap for two hours. That's literally, literally what I did, man. Yeah. I, I've, uh, I feel like I'm in a, 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 a dream right now. Like this is like surreal. Like this isn't real right now. Like it's like, like the season's over. Sure. Like we're not having football until September. You know, like real football, like uh, counts. And I'm just like, it it wasn't supposed to happen. Like, I'm just thinking back to like months ago and that's where I'm at. Like, I like months ago where we were like, Hey, like they had this great star. They're going to kick ass. And I, I, I definitely thought they were going to win a Super Bowl this year, like a few different times. I like from like the day one, but, and now it's like, it's vanished. It's gone. Like, it's over. I um, I, I started comparing this year to last year, the way the season ended, and I, I'm over it, I think, a lot easier and quicker this year. Last year, days, several yeah. days. I didn't want to think about football. I didn't want to talk about football. But I don't know what it is right now. I, I think the Bills got smacked in the mouth so hard on Sunday that uh, they lost to a team with a team, you know, a roster that one through 53, I think is just better and uh, certainly better coaching. You know, before we get started, Joe, and there's, we're going to play the blame game to an extent. And trust me, there's plenty of it to go around. I'm going to be begrudgingly admit something to you right now that I hate having to admit, but you've been saying this, you've been banging this drum for over two years now on this show. And I think you're hundred percent right. At the end of the day, Home field advantage for the Buffalo Bills is not that big of a deal. And this is a team that is built, and it's obvious now, and especially after today, it's so obvious. This is a team that's built on speed and finesse. They are not a physical football team, whether we want to think they are or or not. They're not. And home field is nice, but when it's snowing or when it's, you know, shitty out, wet, windy, whatever it may be, I think the Bills would be better off. It's not going to happen, so we're not going to waste our time having a dome conversation. But my point is sure. just the way the Buffalo Bills are built and constructed, I almost would rather go on the road and play in a, in a more mild environment than uh, playing in Orchard Park when the conditions are bad. I, the snow wasn't that big of a deal, but, you know, again, a speed and finesse team, it slowed them down a little bit on Sunday. Bottom line, I, I, I think you're right. I think your take is accurate now. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying it for a couple of years. I mean, it's a, it's a, a, other factors too as why I don't feel home field matters as much. I don't think it matters as much with crowd noise. 
because like you get headsets to the quarterback's helmet now. It's not like the old days when we were kids and it was like you had like hand signals and you were yelling at them. That's a big factor. I think smaller stadiums are a bigger factor too. Like it's not 80,000, 90,000 like all across the league. It's like smaller. But your thing on the weather is is what I've been saying for a while is that this team sucks in the – they're not good in the elements. They have not been good at all. Like with this with Josh Allen, I don't know why because there are there's a lot of different examples of quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers, Brady, Ben Roethlisberger who have thrown for 300 yards in the elements and their offense is doing well. You and I are, are you know we're Bills historians. I like to think of us as like we remember like the 90s and like you know they I, I the divisional playoff game from 30 years ago. It was 44-34 against Miami where Kelly had like over 300 yards. Marino had like over 400. It was in a blizzard, like same conditions as today. And it, it was awesome. And yeah. like, I don't know what it is. And one thing I want to ask you, maybe I was, look, I was kind of off the grid this week on Twitter cause I was on vacation, but like, did people predict snow was supposed to happen like this? No, not certainly not to this extent. What, what I heard was in fact, even, even in the morning, and yesterday, and even in the Sunday morning, I think I saw somebody say it was going to look like a, a little snow globe out there. And it was more than that. Again, it wasn't like this crazy, heavy snow right. that completely affected everything. But you could just tell, this is a team that plays fast, especially on defense. I mean, they're not a physical defense. They rely on their footing. And, being, you know, we talk about the offense and moving the ball. I get that. But this defense is built on speed and not physicality. And... They fly to the football. They, they rely on good footing and gang tackling because they're not a good tackling team. We've known that all year. And um, these conditions, I think, to some extent affected them. Now, look, no excuse. The Bengals playing in the same shit, and they're the same type of team that throws the football a lot. But And they, were, and they, and they looked awesome they, throwing they sure it. Did. They sure they, did. And that's, and that's why I can't, I can't just sit here and go, well, it's because the like – one team is good in the elements. The other team isn't. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, I don't know what it is. I don't know if they got to call Jim Kelly and bring him in and he can tell them like, okay, well, if the wind's gusting this way, throw it that way. I have no idea, but this has been an issue for them. They ruined my bachelor party. <laughs> like I, I'm reminding people of when I went to that Colts game and the weather sucked and it was raining because the, the offense was terrible. They weren't good last year against the Falcons when it was bad. And they weren't, and they, they, they were Bad today, but again, as you said, it's not an, it's not a legit excuse. They just need to they just need to figure it out. It's not don't tell ex- me it's not an excuse. It's a fact at this point. They just don't yeah. play as well consistently. Anyway, they yeah. do not play well when the elements are bad. And I'll tell you, you know, I'm not making light of it, and I'm not making fun of people on Twitter or just any social media. The Demar Hamlin thing that takes precedent, of course, over any football, and I think we all understand that too. At least most sure. of us do, anyway. Reasonable people do. But you've been hearing all these fake things like um, three this and there's been three this and three this like in a good way. Well, I'm going to give you some threes in a in a bad way. Three straight years, they've been out coached really badly that resulted in a playoff exit. And uh, kind of leads me to my point. And again, we're going to hit on a bunch of different things. Now we got an entire offseason, so we'll deep dive into a lot of these more, you know, in the weeks and the months to come. We're kickstart, kickstarting this offseason a lot earlier than any of us anticipated, but uh, the blame game, man, and let's start with the coaching because, you know, this game was about 
You know, some people say it's not the X's and the O's, it's the Johnny's and the Joe's. Well, this game was about all that. The X's, the O's, and the Johnny's and the Joe's. In terms of the X's and O's, um, look, with Sean McDermott, he's super aggressive in the regular season, right? And then it seems in games like this, he goes into a conservative shell in the playoffs. And, you know, rather than just blame coaches or players, I kind of wrote down a few things that I wanted to bring up that were specific to what I'm talking about to support what I'm saying. Um, Near the end of the first half, they're down 17-7. They get the ball, and then they get the ball to start the second half. And all year long, we've seen a lot of double-dipping with the Bills. They've been really good at scoring in the last two minutes and then getting the ball to start the second half. All right, they're playing a team that has dominated them in the first half. Yet they're down 17-7, get the ball with, I don't know, a minute something left. They're driving. The drive stalls, and it's 4th and 10 from the Cincinnati 41 with 40 seconds left, down 17-7. All season long, I feel like if that situation comes up, the Bills are going for it. Did not do that on Sunday. They punted. They punted. And maybe the math says the odds of getting 10 yards on 4th and down or 4th and 10 aren't great, maybe less than 50%. And I'm sure Sean McDermott's mindset is, well, if they stop us, they're going to get the ball with 40 seconds left. You know, at their own 41-yard line, maybe they get an extra field goal. But to me, that just doesn't show confidence in your offense to get 10 yards. If you pick that up, and even if you get three, you're making it a one-score game at halftime. So that's one thing where McDermott gets conservative. Um, fourth and two, they throw, a, or it was third and two, they do a long pass down the field to Gabe Davis, who we dropped on third down. So it's fourth and two, and uh, they punt. And that's a, a bad play call. You know, on third and two, you throw the ball down the field. I don't like that. You run the ball with Josh. You try to swing it out to knock something. And then they punt. You have to score, Joe. It's obvious that they were not going to stop the Bengals, that the Bengals were just eating up yards, clock, and points. Um, They're down three scores in the fourth quarter. It's fourth and six with eight minutes left. You're down three scores. Now you got to kick a field goal. And Sean McDermott decides that now's a good time to actually be aggressive instead of kicking a field goal. They get stopped on fourth down. A, A pass to the end zone to Gabe Davis didn't really have a chance. Um, and they don't kick the field goal. So now they're still down three scores and, and there's still eight minutes left. They kick that field goal. They're down 14, not likely, but now you're in a two score game. Maybe that does fire up the defense and give them some life. Um, and another thing, and it ended up mattering, but he wasted another time out on defense early in the second half. Didn't end up mattering because this was a blowout, but he did that twice last week against Miami. So three times in the last two games, they had to use a timeout on defense because they didn't have the right call or whatever. Just John McDermott is a great leader of men and a regular season coach. And I know I'm rambling on right now and I apologize, but I, I, I got these notes that I want to get to before I, I get your take. And he's just crapping himself in the playoffs. So then one other thing too, and this is where, and then I want to bring you in. How do you feel about deferring when you win the kickoff? Because here's my take. The Bills win the toss and they defer. And I said before the game, I was talking to my wife and I said, I really want the Bills to get the ball first. Get down there, score, 7 nothing at home. Let them know you mean business. I thought that would have been huge, but instead the Bengals get the ball. They go down, they score 7 nothing. which, by the way, the Bengals won the toss, took the ball in Cincinnati a few Monday nights ago 
went down, scored 7 nothing, playing with a lot of confidence. I just felt like that would have set the tone. I don't know. This team was just tight, man. it's all right i'm processing you know i told you it it felt like i'm in a dream and this is like surreal and it's like you just snapped me into like a murderous rage right now going through the fourth down things where i'm i'm uh, if you were watching me on the video i was like it was just like the hate was coming into me right now and like i have to keep my voice a little low because my wife is sleeping and like room's over but like to answer your first question about the this, the fur thing, yeah, I probably would have rather have gotten the ball first. I feel like if you're going against a really aggressive offense, like the Bengals are, you want to set the tone. Like if they're going against the Dolphins, who gives a shit? Yeah, fine, like kick it off to them or whatever. I you know I don't care. Um, but to go back to that, that, that the end of the half one pisses me off. You're at the forty one yard line. No one fucking punts at the forty one yard line of the opposition when you have allegedly an elite offense. Okay, that's 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 Greg Williams 2002 against the Patriots. I'm like, "Hey, we're going to punt here cuz we're in like when they were on the 32 or whatever." Like, that's just coward shit. And like, I I look, I'm going to stick up for McDermott a little bit here and there maybe like, "Hey, he's done a great job." But as you said, when he gets in these t- these situations, he just panics and he overthinks things. And it's and like Every it, like it's just mind boggling he would do that like that to me I saw that and I was like this this game's done you know kind of in the way like, they just don't have it in them right now and they they just they played scared like you're going against the Bengals dude like go for it like like there's there's not that much time left like I don't think the Bengals are gonna score I mean the defense was terrible but we'll get to that later but like <laughs> you know you're at the, you, 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 there's not that much time left like what are you doing like he's their co- he he today he coached scared and we've seen this before and I've mentioned this before and last year after 13 seconds I said Sean McDermott's going down the Marty Marty Schottenheimer like I've heard trajectory. That. I've heard that plenty today I, yes and I said that and I I coined that damn thing like last year go ask Ty Dunn but like I coined it like this is where he's going like he it's like process this feel this family this. But when these situations come in, they're just—it's not his fault, like all of them. But it's just weird shit happens, you know. Like going back to like the Minnesota game, like you fumble the freaking football, like that's like that's like the fumble, like you know, in like Marty Schottenheimer's career, like the fumble against the Broncos. I like doesn't have anything to do with it, but like these weird things happen, you know, to this team, and like these these, it's just like what the hell. Like, is there a burial ground that these guys are in? Like, like, like the, the stadium's on right now, you know. And it's just, it's just very, very, very upsetting. Like when you see that sort of stuff for me, it is. And you know, and I, and I, by the way, I talked to someone connected. I'm just gonna say this: someone who's connected to the Bills, and not a fan, not a fan in the stadium. Although a lot of fans in the stadium will tell you the same thing, but it looked the Bills did not look loose. They looked tight go i don't know yeah. if it, i don't know if it was overconfidence i don't know if it was that they were nervous that you know cincinnati's just a really good football team and especially once they got punched in the mouth right away um but the, the bills just never played with energy and they just looked tight they didn't look loose they weren't flying around i think matt milano in the locker room said to one of the reporters that they lacked uh you know they just didn't feel that energy 
out there on, on Sunday. And you could tell. And that is an indictment on Sean McDermott, just a different type. Last year was you got conservative in the last 13 seconds, and that, t- that cost you a win and probably a trip to the Super Bowl. Two years ago, they were the underdog in the AFC Championship against the Chiefs. That's when you let it all fly, man. And again, they coach, he coached a very conservative game, and they, and they got smacked. This year, yeah. they just didn't look ready to play football, and I just can't understand it. I mean, you got a crazy crowd. You got DeMar Hamlin in the building, and you come out, and they just looked lifeless. And the players make the plays, and they're, you know, Sean McDermott's not out there missing tackles, and he's not out there not being able to get off a block or, uh, you know, being able to pass protect That's or, or drop the ball at Gabe Davis. That's not on Sean McDermott. That's on the players. And they deserve blame, and we'll talk about them. But this team just didn't look ready. And that's on McDermott, but it's also the coordinators. Leslie Frazier, look, man, it was obvious early. I remember this first drive. I wrote this in my notes. They needed to get to Joey Burrow early, and it wasn't going to happen with the front four. And Teron Johnson blitzed on the first drive. They picked it up. Burrow kind of scrambled away and hit Jamar Chase wide open for a touchdown. Got beat on that drive with the blitz and barely did it the rest of the game. I don't think I've seen Teron Johnson as a great blitzer blitz the rest of the game. And then there was one play late in the second quarter, Joe. And I, this was probably the first time where I threw my hat on the ground and started swearing at the TV. I was calm before that. The, it's third and four for Cincinnati, and they're on the Buffalo Bills 17. The Bills bring seven guys up to the line. They rush seven. They a full-on blitz. And Burrow just throws a quick pass to Jamar Chase who beats Trey White for a first down because Trey White's playing fucking six yards off the line of scrimmage on Chase. So you're bringing in seven people, you're blitzing, but yet your quarters are playing soft off the guy in the line. Um, yeah, you need, to, you need to play bump. You need to, like, you got to stuff to the wide receiver. And Trey White, you, you've seen it with your own eyes. You don't need to be, look, man, we don't need to be film guys. We don't need to be experts to know that Trey White just doesn't look good. And I put this on the coordinator, too. At some point, you got to say, man, this guy ain't got it. And you get him out of there. And you go with Dane Jackson and you go with Kyrie Elam because Trey White was just not good. And uh, I don't know. They just made no adjustments on defense. They just, they stood there. They took it all year long. It's been, they start slow and then they figure things out and they play better. But the difference is, you know, is, you don't have Mike White or, or Skylar Thompson on the other side. You got Joey Burrow and you're just sitting there and you're not being aggressive. And last thing, and here, you want to hear a stat? Here's the stat of the day. This is a defense that is ranked in the top five in the regular season the last all the last three years. But they have now given up an average over the last three years in the playoff losses, an average of 36 points and 467 yards per game in three playoff exits. If there's one coach who might move on, and I don't think any will, but I think Leslie Frazier is probably the guy who maybe might mutually part ways. This is not good enough, man. Bad coaching today. Well, a few things. Um, what have I told you for the last couple of years about the Bills' defense? They're great against average quarterbacks. Yep. But when they go against, they're in the, the big games against like elite quarterbacks. It's a mixed bag. This proves you're right. You're right, and this this is evidence. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Even go to the, to the. I mean, like the Tua game, like a couple weeks ago, like they didn't look good against the Dolphins. Like not. not you know, not last week's game, but like they, they just have like these games where they're just not doing well against when they're, t- and, and look, they will have that Kansas city game where like in the regular season, Hey, they, they did okay. Sure. Like, they got a sack, you know, but they're, they're, they, 
it, it, and I think it's a, it, it's a process of the league, which is you're, you're in a passing league, man, where like great defense, it's, it's not about defense anymore. You could be the number one defense, but the offense is going to outscore you. And they, and I think with the blitzing thing today, like, you know, you said like, you know, they should have been, they should have blitzed more. I saw people on Twitter who were saying like Joe Burrow is amazing against the blitz. Got so like, well, it. But like, that's the thing you got to get to, you got a fucking defensive line. It's all these high draft picks. They should get to him. And you haven't been that. The thing was like going into this game, I really felt like I did not like this game at all for the bills. Me neither. And, I, but, and I talked myself into, all right, the offensive line for the Bengals is, is banged up. Me too. They they can get to four, they got four guys they can get to them like this is a this is about the youth of Rousseau and Oliver AJ all these these boogie Basham, all these damn guys that they, mm-hmm. they they drafted and there was nothing it was I feel like it was a damn if you do damn if you don't they could have blitzed and Burrow was going to burn them they could have ran four guys Burrow was going to burn them did that's you, just how it was did you watch I don't know if you had a chance last week to watch the Ravens Cincinnati game did you get a chance to watch that. I watched parts of that game, yeah, when um, when I was away, well, but yes. I'm telling you now, and especially after Jonah Williams went out, the reason why the Ravens, who, by the way, should have won that football game, they didn't blitz. They were getting to Joey Burrow. They sacked him four times, and they did it with basically a three-man rush because they were beating a depleted offensive line. The Buffalo Bills could not sniff him most of the day with four. They had to blitz. They, I still don't think they blitz enough. At some point, when you realize you cannot get to this guy with four and you have to blitz, take your hat off to the guy if he beat you. They just sat around. They played too much bend but don't break against a team that was not going to make mistakes on this day. Um, so, and one, thing, and one thing I want to say real quick sure. with Frazier, like McDermott, we're going back to him for a second. He does, this is his defense. He's a defensive coach. I don't think he's not. I don't think he's giving like he may say, "Oh, I give Leslie Frazier carte blanche to do whatever he wants," but he's there. He's there in the meetings. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, it's his. It's still his defense. Yeah. So like he he you know yes Frazier. I don't know if, what's going to happen with him. I feel that they're going to probably keep him obviously, but like it's just been like the same thing. And also they, they rushed all over the the Bills. Joe Mixon looked like freaking OJ out there today. He talked, you know I mean? and, he talked a lot of shit during the weekend. He was shit. right. And he was right. They, and they, like, I've always said this, you know, I'm not an X's and, o guy, X's and O's guy. Like, I can maybe a little bit here and there. But, like, I have always said, like, you want to beat the Bills, you got to spread the defense out. And, and you can rush on them. Because they're light up front. And if you get, like, you don't have, like, that third linebacker in, and then if you get the running game going against them. It's funny. I was watching the Eagles game last night, and I, I said to myself, if the Bills meet the Eagles in the Super Bowl, which is not going to happen, obviously, they would have gotten thrashed by the Eagles one game. Thrashed. It would have been a horrible matchup. Because if you can do both to the Bills defense, it's lights out, I feel. I don't I don't disagree with you, but I almost feel like the Bills will invite you to run the ball and, and then give up field goals or, you know, make way for you to make a mistake. But it's the yeah. it's the lack of a pass rush. It's the lack yeah. of a pass rush that dooms them. Uh, more than anything. Now, the coach who's getting the most shit, and I understand it to an extent, is Ken Dorsey, because I think fans know, like it or not, you ain't, Sean McDermott ain't going nowhere, and I don't think Leslie Frazier is, unless maybe him and the team decided to mutually part ways or whatever. Sure. But Ken Dorsey's the the, the guy, the, the punching bag, and he deserves it to an extent, and, and a couple things. 
this offense. No identity. Colin Coward, and I'm paraphrasing, but only slightly, said that the Bills' identity on offense is that Josh Allen's a great player. <laughs> That's their identity. You know, Josh Allen's going to make some great plays. Are they, are they a balanced team? Who besides Diggs can you trust in the passing game? Are they, are, they, are, are they a good running team? Well, they are once in a while, then they disappear. No consistency with these guys on offense. Josh Allen is a great player. Stephon Diggs is a great wide receiver. And then you got a bunch of guys who week from week can look good or they can look bad. Now that's on kind of, like I said, that's on your coordinator. When it comes to Diggs, and we'll talk plenty about him in the coming weeks, including that post game, I guess he was in a really pricky mood and left early. But anyway, I'd leave the early two. Fuck them. You know, I leave. They are terrible. Ways. Dorsey needed to find ways to get whether sliding them up in the slot, yeah. getting them more in motion. You didn't see any of that shit barely at all. Um, what else do I? Oh, Singletary on the drive. You know, I talked about them punting from the forty-one yard line. I remember this. James Cook, who's a much better receiver in my opinion than Singletary, he's not out there. Singletary dropped the ball. Not a great throw. He got his hand out. He should have caught it. On second down, Bills ended up punting on that drive. I hated that. The middle of the field, I thought, could have, was there for the taking all day with Beasley, who looked like he was ready. He could have had a good game if they would have went to him more. I mean, he could have, he looked like he was primed to have a pretty big game. Dawson Knox caught some passes late, but they didn't use the middle of the field enough. And like I said, you just got to find ways to get Diggs the ball more. A lot of people calling for Ken Dorsey. He said, let me tell you something right now. He ain't going nowhere because... Josh Allen, hand- Josh, Allen- Josh Allen handpicked this dude to be his coordinator, and they ain't firing him after one year. That's an organizational failure if they do that. Uh, my, my whole thing with Ken Dorsey is I, I feel like the offense is very basic. There's not, like you said, there's no motion. They, they can't get the ball of digs. It has been out of sync since the Green Bay game. You know, like that's the second half kickoff. That's when everything went from like that first six weeks where they were lights out. And I don't know what it was. I asked Twitter that, like, what do people think? I really couldn't get a great answer outside of teams caught up and their scheme was easy to predict. And if you follow like the guys from like cover one, they have said that like the scheme just doesn't look, it's not complex enough. And I feel that's the problem with, with, with Ken right now. Um, Do I think he's in the top three reasons why their offense is sputtering. And, um, he's close, maybe four. I still think it's about the players and all that sort of stuff. But he, he, he just did not. He, he, did, he. In both big games, it just didn't work out for for the Bills' offense. I think. And this game was like he got. The, it was there was no sync in the offense. There, they didn't get the ball to digs. It, it, it just felt like a, a, and they just. Just in, like consistency, like not there at all with with him and how they call and they and I I I was I've been trying to figure articulate like what the Bills' offense is right now. Um, it reminds me you might remember this or you know you watched the the Bulls like that that thirty for thirty thing right yeah um and they they were showing like Doug Collins basically in like nineteen eighty seven the Bulls coach like they asked like he says like paraphrasing like. Look, the last play of the game, I just said, give it to Michael and everyone get the hell out of the way. Yep. And and that's how I feel Ken Dorsey is. He's like, Doug Collins, give it to Josh Allen and everyone get out of the way. They're just putting way too much pressure on it. And it's like, it's just like an isolated game of like, there's just no uniqueness right now with these routes and anything. And it just, 
I don't think, look, I don't think he's going to get fired. Do I think he should get fired? Look, I think they should assess, like, look, there's a, there's some coordinators out there right now. You know, Frank Wright, I wouldn't, if they want to give him a call, I wouldn't be against that. They but would love, right. was a, they love, there's probably a lot of coordinators out there that would love to work with Josh Allen. I'm not sure. going to deny that at all. I just, God, it yeah. just, it's almost like saying we fucked up if you fire him after one year. That's just how I, I feel. I mean, wh- well, you know what, dude? They fired that idiot who uh, McDermott brought in that first year. Rick Dennis. What was that all season? Rick Dennis. Dennison. They fired him. I mean, that wasn't like, a, oh, my God. Like, that was kind of, sh- I guess, mean, a little shocking. He got one year and they were done. You know, it happens. Look, coordinators get fired after one year, like, on the job. The Vikings just, I think the, the Vikings just uh, fired their uh, defensive coordinator. I don't know how long he was there for, but, like, the guy just, the head coach just started coaching this year there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Back with Joe, the, the break, the, the commercial cut off, Joe, there. You're, you, yeah, you, thanks, commercial. You, Anyways, you, you were right. Um, sorry, so look, man, that's the coaches. At the end of the day, it's, it's a, very much about the players and lots of players to blame for this game. And quite frankly, again, for three seasons running. Look, there was a put it this way. This is where I want to go with this. There's a reason why the Bills gave a shitload. They put the Brinks truck back and gave Vaughn Miller all the money that they gave him. And that's because his front four has not been good enough for the last few years. And 
if you, you want to take one biggest takeaway from this game, that's the case right now. This defensive line, bro, absolutely. I just Vince Russo you and I called you bro. <laughs> absolutely zero against the team down three starters on the offensive line. And two of these starters were hurt over the last two weeks. In fact, all three were hurt over the last four weeks. So it's not like a unit that's been a bunch of backups, but they've been playing together for a handful of weeks. These are guys have been got to get thrown into the starting lineup. You're at home in the defensive line, MIA. You always bust balls about the, you know, the film guys, whether it's the cover one guys or Joe B, whoever it may be, guys who break down film and analyze stuff. I'm going to tell you right now, I will be with you for once because of anyone out there who breaks down film and gives me any fancy analysis, tries to tell me that Ed Oliver was anything but trash in this game and in both playoff games this year, I'm going to say you're nuts. And Ditto, you know, Greg Rizzo had himself a really good season. I don't know. I know he, he was injured and then he came back. I don't know if it's that or he hit a wall in year two or whatever, but Ed Oliver, Greg Rizzo, absolutely zero in the playoffs and especially against the Bengals. Daquan Jones was out. That hurt them a little bit. Um, Tim Settle, a guy they signed as a free agent from Washington, he gave them nothing in the playoffs. Jordan Phillips, a guy who I like, but just can't stay healthy. He's always hurt. He gave them nothing. At the end of the day, when you look at this loss and you want to say, well, why did the Bills lose so badly? You can blame coaches and some other players, which we'll hit on a few of them in a minute. But to me, the defensive line, you got to start there because they were pathetic against a banged up ragtag offensive line filled up with second stringers, just like last week against Miami, did not get the job done. One, I think Burrow was sacked once. And Boogie Basham would have had a sack. He was five yards off sides, and then he celebrated when he made a play too. So I, <laughs> whatever, I'm, I, that's where I get angry. That's, I, I try to keep perspective on this whole thing. But I get angry when I think about the Bills defensive line because of what Brandon Bean has invested in that, which I'll hit on that in a little bit as well. But, bro, this defense, oh, I forgot. Is AJ Epinesa on this team? I mean, seriously, this is the defensive line. This is why the Bills got blown out today. That's what I'm telling you. I am going to assume that the Bills over the last, like, three, four years have probably spent the most draft capital on defensive linemen, like, since, like, since 2018. I'm going to just bet on that right now. I, and this I, I is where, I, and this is where probably like you you want to make a case for why Leslie Frazier could get fired. Um, it's at the defensive line. It's it's it, this isn't this is not like 2010 Dick Jaron like Larry Triplett's your best defensive lineman. These are supposed to be good players, first, second rounders. They've shown glimpses of it. Like Al Oliver has shown that, but today he didn't show shit. And like, it's, didn't show it's, shit it's, last week either. Yeah, he didn't so shit. And that's where, you know, I'm just like, why are you wasting money on these de- money and assets on this de- the defense, the front seven? Like, stop it, dude. The Bills would probably have won the Super Bowl in 2008 with this roster. Because at that time, complimentary football mattered. You had to tackle. You, had, you didn't get these late hits. It was, it was a different era then. Now it is an offensive-driven league where I don't – you put you can break out. Von Miller plays today, they're still losing that game. And, and I know we're not going to get too ahead of – but, like, 
That, that to me is what will happen because of the, you're putting, you're, it's not worth it in the end. You need an offensive doom. And the Bills defense, they, they, they just collected too many. They got all these assets. They got to run their little seven-line defensive rotation orgy. Or we got to get everyone's got to take a turn and get on the, on the, on the field. And we got to run 30. Like, fuck that. Enough. Get, you got two, three players. That's it. Call it a fucking day. And, like, I'm, and it, it, just, it just, today was an embarrassment. But, like, I, I could have told you. I could have told you this, that. You 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 pick me like defensive line versus an a great offense, great defensive line for the offensive the offense is going to kill him. It just that's how it is these days, man. You'll get money at an anomaly here and there, and like that's why it's like these guys were non-existent. It's it's bad like bad management for what they did and to put all these assets in it. Yeah, great. You know they're as of right now they're going to go eleven and six, twelve and five, whatever. And then they'll win the division, and then they're going to get smoked by the Chiefs or the Bengals because they'll have too many damn defensive linemen. Like I told you, man, you want to talk about another stat where regular season just could be so irrelevant compared to the playoffs. A.J. Epinesa, who I thought had the quietest seven-sack season in the history of the NFL this year, seven sacks in a regular season, nothing in the playoffs. Garbage. Greg Rizzo, who I do think is a pretty good player, eight sacks in the regular season, and again, nothing when they really needed him. Von Miller being out hurt them. Look, there's no getting around. You can't dismiss that as being nothing. There's a handful of defensive ends that can change games. You know, where it is okay to, to invest money or, or resources in the right defensive ends. Like Nick Bosa will win games for you. TJ Watt will change games for you. Von Miller has the ability to change games. Him being out did matter. That said, again, it's hard to make up excuses when the Bengals got literally three offensive linemen out. And speaking of the offensive line, it's, a joke. it's just a joke. Like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm pissed again because you have three defensive line. You have three offensive linemen out of the freaking game. You couldn't do shit. I agree. Like three offensive linemen. I know, but I'm reiterating how pissed that pisses me off because it's, it, it, you have all these, they have a, they have, they don't even have their guys in and you couldn't do dick. I'm telling you right now, all week long, what convinced me to to pick the Bills, and by the way, on Friday's show, I picked the Bills to win by two scores. I, I'm just I'm going to call myself out for that. Mm. Yeah, I did. You should have checked with me first, buddy. But anyway. Jesus Christ. I said, the Bengals offensive line being out, I said, imagine the Bills offensive line without Deion Dawkins, um, without Ryan Bates, so and, and, and without Spencer Brown. I'd be like, all right, three uh, starters whatever. out. I know, Spencer Brown, no. But anyway, my point uh, is this. The Bills offensive line, not good. Josh only got sacked once today, but the Bengals consistently no. were dialing up pressure. By the way, their defensive coordinator, I forgot his name. He did a hell of a job. Blitzing safeties on occasion, having spies on Allen. They did a great job. The offensive line wasn't good. I want to fly to a couple of these. Um, Gabe Davis, we already talked about him a little bit. He dropped a critical, that third and two pass to me. They're down. I don't want to hear any more about Gabe Davis, big game, Gabe they're, they're Davis. Down, okay? They're down 14. I hear about they're it. down 14 points. It's third and two. He needs to make that catch. If, uh, he catches that, and there was still two seconds left. That was just the last offensive play of the third quarter. The Bills get that play, and they're a pass midfield, a chance to only go down seven with like 13 minutes left. There's a lot of game left. Gabe Davis makes good catches, makes plays, no consistency. I, I've admitted this. I'm a founding member of the Gabe Davis fan club, but I'm off that ship now. You can't trust the guy. you got to have a receiver. Uh, that you could trust. Two other guys I wanted to hit on specifically. One I talked about a little bit, Trey White. He was beat bad on a play. He had two pass interference, and I mean blatant pass interference calls. 
He just is, he's slow, man. He is not, he looked really bad against the Bengals in nine minutes of action a couple of weeks ago. He just, he's not right. And, and I know it's the injury and maybe it's the mindset coming back from the injury. But again, if he's going to play that way, get him out of the game. Dane Jackson, Kyrie Elam, put those guys in there. Well, Trey White looks like a shell of his former self right now. Hopefully that's not the case next year. And then the last guy, Jordan Poyer. Look, he, I give the guy credit. He has play, he's been hurt bad this year. He's played hurt all year. I know his contract's in the back of his mind is his, his last season in Buffalo, but the guy's played through a lot of injuries. And I thought he played well for a chunk of the year. But the end of the season, he didn't look good. And I know I kind of noticed it. And on Sunday, just like everyone else, pretty much, whose name's not Matt Milano, he looked like shit. He looked um, yeah, slow. Yeah, I, I think, he, I, he I think injuries up. for him and beat up in like eight. Like, yeah, it's it's He whiffed of... on tackles. Probably his final game here ever, and I'm sure that's not the way he wanted to go out. It was a very bad game uh, for Jordan Poyer. So that's, you know, again, it's the X's, the O's, the Johnny's, the Joe's. Let's circle back to Cincinnati, too, because I feel like we're just blaming everything on the Bills. Did this, the Bills did this wrong. Joey Burrow's great. I mean, a great game plan. They have great players, and their great players played great. Burrow played great. Henderson played great on defensive end. Uh, Jamar Chase was great. Joe Mixon was great. These are all great players who played great. Um, you know, it, it's kind of ignorant. Where, to just where were they all drafted? High draft picks, especially on the skill side. Sure. Burrow's the first overall pick. Jamar Chase was the fifth overall pick. They gave big you know, money to Troy Hendrickson, and, and it paid off. Okay. Let me let me just say this, because you, you, you buzz through everything very quickly. I want to start and go reiterate a few things where you just said. The offensive line, it, 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 it's trash. It's been... I think the last month of last season was the worst thing that, that could happen to the 2022 Bills because up until probably, I, I don't know, whatever, up until December of last year, the offensive line was a disaster last year. It was a disaster. You and I would come on this podcast. We would complain about it. I will still remember when Jacksonville's Josh, Josh Allen killed Buffalo's Josh Allen in that one game where the offensive line was terrible. And then they like retooled a couple guys, and it was just, it was just, it was, and then they got a little bit better. It was basically the the freaking ban on the Titanic. Like we're gonna rearrange the deck a little bit. This whole year, the offensive line stink. Deion Dawkins, I think, is taking a step back this year. He gets you, you get a bull rush on that guy, and he can't, he can't cover that edge. Spencer Brown sucks. He's John Miller as far as I'm concerned. Like a guy who like, oh, you, this guy looks, he's not barfing on himself as a rookie. But then once he's playing more, he's barfing on himself. And, like, they, the Bills have not addressed wide receiver. They haven't addressed offensive line in a while. Like, I, I was thinking about this, dude. Do you know the last time that the Bills signed an offensive player via free agency to more than a one-year contract? It was 2019. 2019, the, the free agent class of Mitch Morris, Cole Beasley, John Brown. That was the last time they signed free agents, offensive free agents, to more than a one-year prove-it deal, one year you suck, and maybe you want to go off into the sunset. That is ridiculous. And this is what you get right now. you got an offensive line that has regressed, where your best offensive lineman is, maybe it's, it's Mitch Morris. He could be done soon. He is in the twilight of his career. He's going to get concussions. Like, you know, it's, it's sad, obviously. And then you have a bunch of other dudes. And then wide receiver, they haven't drafted a wide receiver 
in the first three rounds of the draft since Zay Jones. And if you want to go to the first, you know, like, and then before that was Sammy Watkins. What the fuck are you doing, man? And I got to rely on Gabe Davis. That's the other thing, too. Like, your boy had, like, one great game last year, and everyone was like, he's Mike, you, you, he's Mike Evans 2.0. No, he's not fucking Mike. He's Don Beebe. Well, he's, he has one great game. He catches a bunch of bombs here and there, and then he disappears because he can't catch contested throws. Fuck this. I'm just fucking like, what the fuck? Like, this is an offensive league, and they're not doing that. And they're not, I, I know that you could go back and look, but they were second in scoring. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? When they go against really good teams, they have really good offenses, it fucking doesn't work. This is the fourth playoff year in a row that they played a team with a legit offense, like the Texans were good. You know, Deshaun Watson was the man then, and they couldn't outscore them. And they're like, oh, we got to go back. We got to build defense. We're going to make Josh Allen fucking good. He's got to make John Paxson look good. Like, it's bullshit. I'm sick of this shit. Now I'm pissed off. Fucking, I knew I should have went to bed, made love to my wife, and now this crap happens. We got to remind me how, how, like, this is terrible. Like, it's not terrible. It shouldn't be terrible. I just, oh, my God. It's just, like, the offense, it just, this is things I've been saying. I go fucking play the, the tape from last year after 13 seconds. I said, build an offensive doom. Build one. No, they go out and get Von Miller, and yeah, he was great. But now he's got ACL injury. He's out. Who knows when he's coming back? He's 33. And then they go, let's go, let's go sign Tim Settle. What's he got? A five-year deal, probably. But no, the Bills, what's their big offensive move? Oh, we're gonna go and sign Channing Crowder, who plays like three games. And then we're gonna bring back Cole Beasley. I'm done. It's fucking bullshit. Sports fans who like to wager, which is pretty much everyone these days, I'm here to tell you about Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than Odds Trader. Why is Odds Trader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does it matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them. You're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting the underdogs or profiting the most if you're going to go with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different sign-up codes and promos from the sports books to get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, the Odds Trader app gives you the player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a bet tracker so that you can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're into betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to OddsTrader.com slash BlueWire. Again, that's OddsTrader.com slash BlueWire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, well, that was a quote of rant. And by Shane, he said Shannon Crowder. So <laughs> Jameson Crowder, Shannon Crowder plays in the NBA. Yeah. A lot of good points there, which kind of gets to my last thing here before, before we start to wind this up. You, you have to, you know, Brandon Bean gets a lot of credit and, and I do think he deserves a lot of credit, but there's two things that he deserves a lot of criticism for. And you just in a explicit tirade 
But you were right. There's not enough investment in the offense at receiver at offensive line. You look at that I offensive better line. Not see, I, I'm sorry. I better not see a defensive lineman get drafted this year. You probably I'm gonna see will. Lineman, I will. I'm going to fucking You burn, probably but. will. You look at that offensive line. You know, Morse is a big free agent signing. Outside from him, Dawkins was a second round pick. Brown's a third round pick. Saffold was a plug and play stopgap. Ryan Bates is an undrafted guy who was a pretty feel good story. And he's all right. But yeah, I agree with you. They need more weapons. During the offseason, and, and I'm mentioning this because, again, we're, we're not going to deep dive into Brandon Bean today. We'll, we got plenty of time for that. But that's an issue. And then the defensive line is an issue. You look at the resources that this team has dumped into this position, and it is unbelievable, man. And, and uh, hold on, where is it right here? All right, so Vaughn Miller. Now, you can't control him getting hurt, but, they, I mean, they gave him a king's ransom, okay? And it's his second major injury of his career and, and his age. We'll see how he responds. But anyway... You backed up the Brinks truck because last year you said to get over to the Chiefs, to beat the Chiefs, you uh, you need to have a better pass rush. Where I say to beat the Chiefs, you need to have Sean McDermott not shit himself over the last 13 seconds. But whatever, it is what it is. Aside from that, Ed Oliver, first-round pick. Greg Rizzo, first-round pick. Boogie Basham, second-round pick. A.J. Vanessa, second-round pick. They brought back Shaq Lawson, who was a former first-round pick. They brought back Jordan Phillips. Who, again, he proves he can never stay healthy. He's good early on, and then he fades away. All these draft capital resources on guys who just aren't getting it done when it matters most. That's they how Brandon even dra- They even drafted Tremaine Edmonds' replacement last year in the third round. I don't even know. I forgot his name. Jarrell Bernard. Who made re- I don't think he's yeah, his replacement, but, but yeah. But whatever. He's a linebacker. They can put him in there. But, like, I'm just saying, like, they just care about defense there, man. They're, they're telling Josh Allen, like, again, it's like 1987 Bulls, Michael Jordan, and he's got like, oh, like, go do it yourself, buddy, because we got to invest in this sort of shit. And it's just, it's, I'm sorry. I know, like, someone's probably saying, well, like, we're 13 and three. Like, look, man, like, I'm not in this, I'm not in this race for the Bills to finish, like, to, to, to win the division and then lose in the second round or whatever. I'm just, I'm not, I don't, I don't get off on, like, hanging out with people to watch Bills games or going to games, like, it's great. But, like, I'm – they didn't make a – they made a T-shirt called – they made a T-shirt, like, one before you die, which is about, like, winning a title. It, it, it wasn't, you know, three playoff appearances before you die. It's not like, oh, hey, I want to go and get my Instagram five minutes of fame before I die on Bills Twitter or whatever the fuck. I'm here to win. You know what I mean? That's what I'm here for. So, like, if someone see, hears this and go, oh, you're being really negative, and, like, I, you know, I, I'm pissed. This is a bullshit game today. This is, a, this is and, like, I don't know what's going to happen next year. Josh Allen's fucking contract comes into play now. They're, they don't have really that much of they, their skill set in the offense. It's just, it's just, like, they don't have, like, that, what, they got two wide receivers signing the roster right now for next year? It's just, but, but, but at least we got ten defensive linemen. Like, thank God for that. Like, we don't have enough of those. Like, let's just, like, you know, bring, you know, bring back Kyle Williams. Why don't we sign him? Bring him yeah. back, too. Right. Well, I just, it's just, it, these are just obvious things. Like, I hate to be like, I told you so, but, like, we talked about this last year. Like, just the lack. You scored 10 points, man, against the Bengals. 10 freaking points. Yeah. Um, That's, that, to me, is like, you need to go, like, whoever the hell owns the team right now, like, wherever they are. Like, you need to go to Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and go, Leoke, 
they, they, Josh Allen is doing way too much on his own. We don't have enough. Like, imagine if you took away the three best defensive, like, if you, t- like, the, m- the amount of assets we've talked about, like, imagine just going to the Bills and being like, we're going to take away half your, 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 your defense. The defense would probably play the same. You know what I mean? Like, if you just said, hey, oh, we're going to run with Rousseau and, and Ed Oliver, and, like, the other defensive linemen are just whatever, run-of-the-mill guys. You, like, they would probably play the same, probably, or close to it. The Bills' offense, they just, they have no guys there. Like, I would love them to tell Sean McDermott, like, hey, Sean, you know that, that defense you love so much. Hey, we're not going to invest any more first-rounders. Like, these poor, it, it, it reminds me of, like, the Chang Gailey offenses in a way where it's like, it's like Stevie Johnson and Fitz, and then that's it. Where it's like, oh, we got Damon Nelson. We got Scott Chandler. Go make chicken soup out of chicken salad or whatever the fuck it's called. You know, like, that's it. I don't know. Sorry. Go Again, ahead. major... Major decisions coming up in the offseason. Just we're not ready to tackle the ad. I don't want to get in. We don't have time to get in yeah, that today. Right now, damn it. Just get no. some offensive guys next year. Listen. Sorry, go ahead. So you Jordan Boyer's a free agent. He, you can say goodbye to him. He's going somewhere else. He, he if he, he yeah. didn't get paid this year, he's not gonna get paid during the offseason. Tremaine Emmons is the big one. They're gonna have a big decision to make. We got plenty of time to talk about him. Uh Singletary, likely gone, and then a bunch of second and third third tier guys don't really care much about. Um Last point here that I saw something today. And again, we'll deep dive into this more later on, but at least one of your initial thoughts when hearing this. I saw this tweet from um, Yards Per Pass. Pretty good guy on Twitter, man. He has some, some good takes, man. He said this. I want to make sure I read this right. He goes, my fear is that Josh Allen becomes, in, becomes the Phil Rivers to Mahomes and Burrow being Manning and Brady. I tell you right now, the way the Bills look in the playoffs when they get to the playoffs and the way they're coached, and the way this roster is constructed, that's not a terribly inaccurate take based on these last three years. Three prime years of Josh Allen, one championship appearance. Meanwhile, Joe Burrow's going to a championship game for the second straight year, and Patrick Mahomes has been to the AFC championship all five years as a starter. So that tweet has some merit, me, man. And who was who was Philip Rivers' first NFL coach? Uh, I don't Marty Schott Mar, yeah. Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah, no. It just, I mean, I'm just saying, like, we talked about, like, Deke, yeah, that could be, like, the combo right now. But, look, they – I don't know if this is a good thing for them. Like, you know, I, it's the first time they really – you know, when they when they got handled in the AFC Championship game, it was all gravy. Like, hey, they made a run. Josh Allen's here to stay great. Last year was kind of like the unfinished business when they lost to the, the Chiefs. Like, they should have won, and it was just, like, a stupid choke job, whatever. This year was an ass kick, kicking, yep. and this and they, they have not had this in the playoffs really, where the expectations were this high and it just died. Yeah. And like I'm hoping they cannot, I they cannot run it back next year. Like we've t- we've talked about that, they cannot run it back, yeah. especially on offense. They cannot run it back, and they and they just can't. They got to add some new guys, like l- legit guys, not fucking Crowder or Emmanuel Sanders for one year and. Whichever offensive lineman gets cut, that was a pro bowler. Agreed. Five years ago. Like, they need – it's over. I do not want to see any 90 or 50 jerseys coming into that, like, into that end of that stadium. I agree. I agree. And like I said, we're going to unfortunately have plenty of weeks to talk about what they should and and hopefully will do in the offseason. And we'll get to that in the coming uh, weeks and episodes of this show. 
last thing, man, I, I really thought last year, you know, was their best chance to get to the Super Bowl at the time. I'm like, they had a team beat 13 seconds left. They would have had the Bengals at home who had never been to the Super Bowl before. And uh, I can't believe you're still, it, you still think the Bengals would have beat them last year. Come on, dude. Listen, they just got their asses handed to them to the same team. Maybe, anyway, maybe so, maybe not. I don't know, but we'll never know. But here, here's the deal. This year was set up perfect, man. You had the Miami Dolphins come here with a third-string quarterback and, a, and an after team was injured. And then you have the the Cincinnati Bengals come here instead of going to Cincinnati, which if that DeMar Hamlin incident probably happens, or if it, if it doesn't happen, they probably end up in Cincinnati. But they come to Buffalo, minus three linemen. And then if you win this game, you got Mahomes hobbled-ass ankle on a neutral site, and they blew it. So, again, the win, is the window open? Sure, it's open because Josh Allen is the quarterback and things, you know, he, he is capable of winning games and you you can't count Josh Allen out, but though, so the window's not shut, but I feel like these last two years, I don't know that you're going to get better chances. Now that's not to say they can't go to the Super Bowl next year or whatever with some changes, but these last two years have been missed opportunities. And this year, 13 and three, I don't give a shit about that. You did not get past the divisional round. Just like last year to me, this season was a failure. Yeah, it was a failure. I mean, I'm sorry. It was a failure. Maybe you could find some individuals who came out of nowhere, and you could be like, "Well, they were a little bit better." But yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm not in this. I'm not in this to like to not to just have a one 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 round exit yeah. and get off on and like other things about the Bills. Like, I'm in it. I want to watch those games and then like hope they win and then go on with my life because I'm not these other things. They just don't do it for me. Maybe have a different part of my life, but no, they they. And I'll just say this, I know you're playing the music though, sorry, but if they don't go past like the division, if they don't get to the AFC championship game next year, I think heads are going to roll like in the front office and even the head coach if they don't do that next year. Agreed. And we'll see if, I don't know if heads are going to roll, but we'll see what changes are going to come. And obviously, like I said, in the coming episodes and weeks here of the podcast, we'll, we'll talk plenty about it. Make sure you follow Joe on Twitter at Buffalo wins a tough thing to talk about a very premature ending. I don't think I came into this very chill. Like yeah. I, I was very chill. And then like, I just went off and, uh, and it's just like I said, it's just a shitty game. Like it just, ugh. we'll see. We will see <laughs> on Tuesday. I'll have Joe. you with me for our regular chat. We'll see if Joe's a little more, I'm cool and collected than Joe and myself were tonight. Yeah, I wish you didn't call me to go on this podcast tonight. You should have went with someone else. <laughs> Talk to you guys tomorrow.